You're listening to The Soul Chronicles, the podcast navigating life and times in the sneaker industry, Hollywood, and corporate America. So welcome to another episode of The Soul Chronicles, where we explore life and times navigating working in the sneaker industry, sports industry, Hollywood, and corporate America. I'm a co-host, Mohammed El-Muhajir, along with... Hi there, I'm Nikita Nohal. Yes, and together we are bringing the Soul Chronicles to you. Today's episode is, we were inspired by the verses for this week. The verses is Randy versus Monica, and Nikita has a lot of stories about working with both of them. So we thought this was the perfect time to do a Brandy and Monica Soul Chronicles and also because we haven't done any women, so this is a good one to start with, Nikita. Yeah, this is a really wonderful, fun one. I did have a lot of good experiences working with both of those ladies. Obviously, we're not going to have enough time to go through all the stories, but I will highlight a couple of really fun things that I think our audience would enjoy hearing and learning about the ladies. Uh, so I'm excited to get into this episode. In episode one, how we got in when I said that before I worked at Nike, you were the music marketing manager and I came to visit you. Um, well, I came to LA, I stayed at your house and you were like just working nonstop. Like I never saw you, but I remember that I went with you to the set. Like I'm sure it was probably like Moesha or something. And I just knew how close you always were with Brandy and her family. And so I definitely want to hear more about that now. How did it start and how did you get so close with them? So my relationship with them actually started at the National Basketball Association. Hmm. Um, the audience may recall I talked about my first job, actually my first internship and job being at the NBA. And because we were responsible for booking music artists to be a part of really cool NBA activities and opportunities, I did get the opportunity very early on to work with music artists. And so I took Brandy to NBA All-Star Weekend. I'm trying to think. I want to say, was it Phoenix? I want to say it was Phoenix. It wasn't when she met Kobe Bryant, was it? Because I know she went on his prom. Mm, no, it wasn't with the Kobe years. It was, okay. uh, I think, before oh, that. Okay. Now, did she meet him during that weekend? That's possible, but I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Um, so one thing that we really did, you know, many people listening will know this, but some may not. Brandy started off in this industry very young. I mean, when I met her, she must have been 15. I think at one NBA thing, it was her sweet 16. And I think we did some kind of cake or something from her. And I think we do have a Nike story about something like that as well. Mm -hmm. But I do remember being around for her sweet 16. So because she was underage, a lot of the moves that she made, she was accompanied by her family. Uh, her mom was the manager, Sonia, and, and her dad was very intricately involved, Mr. Norwood, and of course, Ray J was always there. So 
a lot of the things that I did with them, I did do for the family. And I really connected with the family because when they moved here to California, I think from somewhere in the South, maybe Mississippi or somewhere, I don't know exactly, but um, they settled in Carson and I grew up in Compton. And those two cities are really close. In LA is about 15 minutes apart. So right there, there was, so there was that camaraderie from the NBA. And then when I moved back to LA, and at some point they were either in Carson or transitioning out of Carson. And so we did have something in common with that. And then I just think, you know, we shared a lot of the same values. I really connected and bonded with Brandy because I just fell in love with her, her the, the way she just remained so down to earth, even though she was at that point turning into a really big star. I mean, the music was taking off and the music took off almost at the same time as the show was taking off. And so she was one of the few young people who was this, you know, double, triple threat, if you will. Yeah. I did appreciate the fact that they always work together as a family. So that, you know, that's just kind of how the relationships developed. And then of course, I was slightly older than her, but not old enough to be her mom, if that makes sense. So we could share some intimate stories and she could talk to me about certain things that maybe you wouldn't want to talk to a parent about. Mm -hmm. But that's also one of the things, and this is kind of a, a sad part for me, is that our relationship didn't really continue the way I would have wanted it to, to continue. And it was in large part because, I mean, I was scared to death of her mother. I'm just going to tell the truth. Sonia was amazing and she was a brilliant businesswoman, but she could also be kind of scary if you got on the wrong side. And I think at that point, I was afraid of getting too close to Brandy and what that looked like and some things that I had already kind of seen, if that makes sense. Even though my intention would never have been to get in the middle, if that, mm -hmm. if, if you get what I'm mm -hmm. saying, but it could be perceived that way. Okay. And so yeah. I started to put just a little bit of distance because I didn't want to. Did anything happen that like make you feel like this could go bad or you just felt that in your mind? I think I've seen some things with other people, if that okay. makes sense. Okay. Like I'm one of these people, if you tell me the stove is hot, then I'm not like, well, let me see for myself. I'm just going to touch it and see. I'm one of the people who's like, oh, I can see that that is kind of hot. So let me. So no, Sonia never did anything to me. She was never rude or disrespectful to me. She was never, to me, no, she never did anything. But to your original question, I did feel like if I got too much closer and we were already very, very close that it could be seen as threatening, yeah. although that wasn't my intention. In this industry, no matter how well-meaning people come across, sometimes it's those very people who will do you. I mean, sometimes it's the people who you've gotten the closest with, you've allowed them in your home, you've allowed them into your business, and they're the ones who stab you in the back. Mm -hmm. So I do think that people are hypersensitive. So I definitely felt that. Now, that could have been my youth. Obviously, I was much younger. It could have been my own fear. Maybe I was just scared of the mother and that was never really a threat. But I did, I think by trying to put a little bit of distance, I do think it hurt her feelings. And I've never even to this day been able to have a real conversation with her about it. If I see her out, we kind of say hi. Brandy or the mom? Brandy. Okay. I mean, Nikita, yeah. you guys were like, let me just say something, people. 
I mentioned this, I alluded to this in another episode too, but like the celebrities really loved Nikita. Like I was more like the business girl. Nikita, they loved her. Like, like you see, she was in their family home. Like I felt like she was like a family member. Like in a lot of celebrities, that's how they felt and interacted with you, Nikita. Like, you know, it was like that kind of level. Which I feel, I also said that's why you was tripped out that Jay Z wasn't acting like that. <laughs> Girl, please, you know I'm still traumatized, so let's not bring him up. But, but anyway, anyway, so yeah, so people, yeah I just want I you think- to understand the level of this particular relationship. It was beyond like the business. I mean, this was at Nike at this point, so this was beyond oh sneakers. I mean, like you were p- almost felt like you were a part of their entourage. Yeah, no, I do think that's true. And I did view her as my little sister. I, I just, you know, I think if any, if, if anybody learns anything from this, I think it is communication, right? Now, so many years mm-hmm. later, it was, that was a simple conversation, right? I could even sat down with the mom and been like, look, here's the deal. This is where I'm coming from. This is how I feel about her. I'm never looking to usurp your authority ever. Why would I ever do that? But Here's what I'm feeling. Is this real? I mean, there's just so many ways I could have handled that better that I wish I had. So I think the key takeaway for today's learning is just open, honest communication. And I do think that there was fear involved. And, you know, whenever fear is present, you are bound to trip yourself up and you are bound to work yourself out of a blessing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened to me. I was afraid of the mom. And whether that was real, as you, you know, very poignantly pointed out, or just in my imagination, either way, it was fear at work and it did not serve me. So okay. that's important to note. But yeah, so I did spend so time on the set. projects? I mean, you did with Brandy or? Well, I mean, I think one thing I'll talk about, I mean, there was a ton. I mean, as you're saying, I mean, we had a true friendship. So there was always something. But I think one thing that's just appropriate for this conversation is I was on the set of the Boy Is Mine video, which I know Versus is about to come out. And that video at the time was so freaking hot. And it was really hard for me being on set because I was really close with Monica too. And I loved Monica, her mom, her family, her manager was Melinda Danso, who was also her cousin. And Melinda was just one of the most wonderful people I've ever met in this business. Uh, Although she was a relative, she was really about the business. Another key takeaway, I love the idea of us working together and doing business together, whether just family or just culturally keeping our business amongst ourselves. But the key is like, get somebody who knows what they're doing or who also, who, or who have a level of intelligence to learn on the job, not just pooking them. And that's what I loved. And what drew me to this family was they all work together, but Melinda was about the business, please believe. As you know, there was this rift between them and I would be trying to work my way between both the trailers because again, teenage girls, and they were a little bit older at this point, but still young, young adults. You know, if you that person's friend, you can't be my friend, you know, kind of thing. And so I'd be in one trailer and then I'd be like, uh, I'm about to go take a phone call out here. And then I would go to the other trailer. Hey, girl, what's up? You know, 
And were you just there there as friends, or were you like, did you take stuff there? I did take. I can't remember I, if they wore sneakers in that video or not. Yeah, I took some Nike product. I don't think a lot of it landed in the video. I do remember they had some other brands in the video, and I personally never really got off on that because I know ultimately if I need them for something, they're gonna show up. And also. It's difficult when I'm on set. If a stylist has already picked out a whole wardrobe and I have product for them, then I'm most likely going to have, if I brought product for Brandy, I'm going to take it to her in her trailer. Mm-hmm. Now, there would be a way for me to be like, so what are you wearing on set? What's your, you know, what's your wardrobe like? But that is also really weird. Yeah. Being like, look, I bought these shoes for you, but let me go talk to the wardrobe trailer and try to work it into the wardrobe. What are you doing? So there's just all these subtle little nuances. So I do think there might have been one or two pair of sneakers. But if you go back and watch the video, I think maybe even the first or second shot, this girl sitting on a bed or something, I think they're wearing like Puma or something else that's not mine. And I think the shoe that is mine, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's logoed out. So you probably can't see. But again, you know, our relationships were beyond just that piece. And uh, so that was very delicate for me going back and forth. And what I pieced together, and again, another good takeaway is I don't think the girls really had issues with each other. Like, Mm -hmm. I knew both of them very intimately. They would have loved each other. Like, they were the same people. They were both young in this industry. They were both extremely talented. They were both superstars in their own right. And all the stress and the strain that comes with that, like, they would have been great little confidants for each other. But I believe it's the adults. I believe it's the people um, at the record companies that are pitting, that at the time were pitting them against each other. And I think it's people in the entourages like taking stuff back and forth. But I just couldn't for the life of me, even being on set, I was like, these are the same people. I do think there was just always talk of them not liking each other. I mean, that's why the Boy Is Mine video was such a thing because it was kind of like art imitating life right not over a boy but i'm just saying just this whole no me yeah no me thing but i do think that it's up to us to really control our perception of people based on our own experience and not who said what mm-hmm. and i did experience a lot of that and i this is just my opinion i could be totally wrong but i do think that their little riff was fueled by other people. And it was fueled by a bunch of adults who should have been ashamed of themselves. But at the time, you know, it, it could only be one, <laughs> right? That's the other sad piece about this, this business. Um, there's, there's enough room for everybody. And consumers have enough money to buy this, well, I'm going to sound old, but to buy this record and that record. <laughs> um, and maybe today is to buy this download and that download. <laughs> Uh, but there was always this perception that there's only room at the top for one. So that was something that I really did experience and and share. And then one cool thing with, uh, with Monica, I mean, obviously I did spend a good deal of time with them, but they were so gracious. Once she was in Portland, we would go, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, we would go to Portland to the employee store to take artists when they were in Portland doing shows. How am I going to forget that? <laughs> right. And then look, the, tri- the trippiest part of that is trying to figure out how to get your shopping in while you also trying to help them get their shopping in. <laughs> Girl, yeah, that was like, a I- in that. <laughs> look, I'm not going to divulge my secrets. <laughs> 
like I would always be on the struggle bus because nobody wanted to spend a night in Portland, least of all Nikita. So I would fly in that day and have to fly out that evening. So I'm trying to think like, am I going to go before I take them and buy my stuff and leave it? Or am I going to go after they get them off to their car, go back in and shop, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was harder mm-hmm. than figuring out what they wanted. But yes, yeah, so I had taken her and her mom, Melinda, I think was there too, to the employee store just to get some stuff for her. And, and then after I told you that Drake just shot his video at the Nike employee store, whatever the latest his video is. So we already know what that whole experience is like. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I took them and then it was so funny because after I had, plan on taking them to a really nice fancy lunch so I was like and Monica was like starving right the whole time at the store she's like I'm so hungry I need to go eat and I was like okay okay so where do you guys want to go girl why are we pulling up in the drive-thru like me and her and the mom and some chauffeur driven something at like McDonald's or Burger King or something and I was just like this is so beyond funny but again I mean that's just the down-to-earth nature of these girls back then when I was working with them and what really endeared me to them and the fact that they kept their family close. Um, I think there's something to be said for no matter how successful people get, it, it is hard to carve out time for family. And it is hard to carve out time for friends. But I learned the hard way that you really have to, to do that because people are not going to be here always. And a missed opportunity can never be regained, right? So I think that that's one thing that I loved about them is seeing that working relationship. And that is not always easy either. Like it's a very difficult dynamic going from mom to momager, right? Mm-hmm. Going from cousin to now manager. So to watch them navigate that world and still be able to craft a really great career for themselves um, was always very, very fun. And I think um, we were in the, in, we had intimate relationships with them, not that intimate. So we know their moms, their uncles, their cousins, like, you know what I mean? Like each, each artist had like their inner circle and we worked with them, right? So, you know, so many artists, we know their moms and you were part of their family almost, right? When you Yeah. You know, Weren't you just with most deaf moms somewhere? <laughs> Yes, I'm. I know. I'm still friends. I'm still friends with them. Yeah, most Steph's mom. She even came to visit me in Ghana recently. So yeah, it, we do maintain those those kind of close relationships. But definitely, it's funny. Like just so many people's um, close family that we that we worked with. Yeah, I mean, I think too. I mean, it's the kind of people we are now. Look, it's some celebrities who I don't want to meet their mama or their daddy, and probably never see them again. Right? Because just it's just not a vibe. It's just work, and let's do our business and be out. I do have a really unique ability to be able to separate the work from the personal. Like I'm not, this is me, right? I'm not always on the angle. Like, Ooh, let me see what I could get. And let me see, like once our work is done and it's mutually beneficial and that's that, that I'm really genuinely just myself and they're just being themselves. Mm-hmm. And then that happens. A certain kind of person that can be natural around celebrities, right? I mean, that's just a unique, kind of personality trait because most people are like <laughs> like just thirsty and like just way too happy to be there so it's too a way very, too happy it's a very unique quality to be able to just be so natural so comfortable 
in your own skin around them. And they, it's so rare that they love it so much. That's why they loved you so much. I mean, like, it's not that many people who could just be so comfortable in the space of celebrities, right? And so mm-hmm. I just feel like that's a new Yeah, and, I, yeah, and I, I do believe that, well, first of all, I got really good training, mainly from Grambling State University, where I started out working with celebrities at their radio station, KGRM. And then, you know, at the NBA as well, with Leah, just learning the business. But I was just always myself. And I, I mean, I think people appreciate being told the truth. Mm-hmm. And I always would tell people the truth. Even if I met like NSYNC, for instance, Justin Timberlake and those guys. And, you know, when the first time they come in, they're like all excited and they're so sweet. Oh, my gosh. They're so sweet. And we've already been talking to management. We've already been talking to the label. So we know the kind of resources that are being put behind them. So we almost kind of know who's going to blow up for the most part. Right. And I always would take them to side and I would be like, look, this guy that I'm seeing right here in front of me today in six months, when you come back in here, after you didn't been on your promo tours and you didn't, you know, got a gold record or whatever that is, I want to see this same guy because the music industry specifically will make you into another guy. Mm-hmm. And that guy, I'm not going to like. Mm-hmm. And so I always want to see. So that's why, you know, I was always able to talk to Justin or have his phone number or the guys in voice to me. They had my number. They would call me on my cell phone or if I, Jermaine Dupree, y'all would have his number. Oh, I got this in, come through. But, you know, it was, it was only the people who remain the same guy. Now, if you got brand new and you turn into another person, then you would, I would have you talk to somebody else and maybe we could ship something to you. Right. But I definitely right. wouldn't be trying to have you come in. <laughs> you know, that was just, that was me. Like, I would rather go deep with a bunch of key people than to be on a surface level with a bunch of folks who I didn't really care about them and they didn't really care about me. Like, that just wasn't going to be beneficial. Mm-hmm. But also, I remember we talked about that epic San Francisco party. Didn't you do something for Brandy at that party, too? So, all-star party in San Francisco um randy was coming to the party but it happened to be on her birthday so this all-star party you know was her birthday so since we knew it was her birthday we were like oh wouldn't it be cool to just kind of like take a moment to like bring her a cake or something like that um during the party so that's actually what we did so we had and this was again we talked about this was just like a huge star-studded party Jamie Foxx and Tyson Beckford. I'm just trying to think, like, I had this old video. Who was on the video? I mean, there were so many stars. You said LL Cool J. Oh, and forget about the basketball players. I mean, I feel like... Oh, right. We act like... Why do we keep acting like when we tell this story? Why do we keep acting like there was no sports people there? Like, it was all-star weekend. We never Um, mentioned athletes. (laughs) I know. I remember Jason Kidd was there. And um, oh, did I ever tell you my Jason Kidd Paris story? No, girl. Okay, I'm gonna tell you that. I can't tell you right now because we're almost out of time. <laughs> okay, okay. But um, Jason Kidd. Well, who's this? The, another um, basketball player. I really like him, and he. I just saw him in this movie that I love called Uncut Gems. So good. It's on Netflix. Oh, I saw Uncut Gems too. Yes. What's with that Adam Sandler? Player? Huh? With Adam Sandler. Yeah, what's the basketball player who was in it? 
God, I can't believe that. That wasn't LeBron James. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Mama. Who it was. Oh, wait. Wait, that wait, okay. Let me see. It Let me was, see. I'm gonna tell you who it was because I'm looking it up. Look. And I really like this guy. Kevin Garnett. It was Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Garnett. Oh gosh, you talking about LeBron James. He ain't in no movie. Yes, Kevin Garnett. He was at this party. Funk Master Flex was the DJ, Method Man, Red Man. I mean, just I can't even think of other stars. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. it was Brandy. But there was also a grip and a gang of basketball players there as well. Right. Those are the ones that I remember and there probably was a bunch of other ones. So pretty much if you were signed to Nike and you were a basketball player, you came to this party on this particular night, right? So it was Brandy's birthday. We took a little moment to bring her a cake out and, you know, um, wish her a happy birthday. I don't know if the whole if the whole place said happy birthday or not, but, you know, again, when you... you like the brand is people. We are the people who represent the brand. So, you know, we, we add that personal touch, you know, and it just goes a long way. So, and I think I still have a video and she was like shouting you out, Nikita, in this video, like, you know, Nike and Nikita. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, I don't remember that, but I'm going to see the video. You always find all, all the things. I mean, all the things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, you know, yeah, so I don't know. This I was excited to talk about this episode because there is just so much joy and excitement when you talk about women working together, especially in music and film and TV, Hollywood and sports, uh, to accomplish something really cool. So I'm excited personally to see their versus battle and just to hear uh, and reminisce because you you forget like how many hits people have right. until you see them on this verses or in a concert. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot you did that. And for them to have such accomplishments, both Monica and Brandy, mm-hmm. at such a young age, matriculating adolescence and young adulthood is no small feat just in and of itself. And to and to do that in the public eye, and and not just in the public eye, but such a discriminating public eye. I mean. Every little mold, every little strand of hair is criticized. And so for them, you know, you you hear a lot of stories of other people who started out at their age and they have slid completely down the rails and Mm -hmm. off the rails and down the wall. And so for them to still be working in this business and still thriving and thriving as parents and the whole nine, I think it says a lot about them and where they come from and who they are as people. So I'm happy to have this little tribute to them and to salute women working together and young Black women working together and sticking together. So cheers. So All right, so you got Brandy or you got Monica. One got to win. Oh, why would you even put me in this position? <laughs> um, I think for hits, I got Brandy. Right. I think for runs, I got Monica. Yeah, I think that's about right. I mean... Oh, don't be trying to bite my rhymes. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Who you got? Don't be trying to steal no, my... No, I'm just saying that. I was, I was about to say, I mean, that Brandy definitely has more radio hits. As strong of a singer, a vocalist, Monica is, she just didn't have the same hits. You know what I mean? And that's what, like, Versus kind of goes off, like, the hits. And not even that. Some people, they don't even 
play some of the hits that you want them to play. You're like, why didn't you play such and such? You know, so I guess it's really going to be up to like how they play the songs. So, but I'm more of a Monica fan. I mean, I'm not even going to like deny that. I I love Brandy too, but if I have to choose one, I'm going to say Monica. On a deserted island and you can only play one person's music, you would pick Monica. Yeah, I would pick, I would pick Monica, but I know for a fact that Brandy has more like radio hits. So, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been so much fun. I just love tracking down memory lane with you. Yeah. Um, yes. Life. And recounting and some of these stories. Yeah. Life in the sneaker, sports, and entertainment industry. Um, I was telling somebody, they were like, you know, why, why did you guys start this um, podcast? And I'm like, you know what? We have so many stories to tell that when will we have the opportunity to tell them like you can't just be telling people this kind of stuff it sounds like you're like bragging or something talking about who you know and who you work with like people don't care they don't they don't really they want to hear it i think people do care but sometimes they because it's not their level of experience they can only filter it through their own lens and sometimes their own lens is telling them to be, you know, a hater right? <laughs> or to be offended <laughs> or to be, or to see you a certain kind of way, which isn't true. So a lot of these stories, I've never told anybody, like I have just never, ever talked about any of this stuff. Um, but I did hear a quote that I thought was really interesting this week on social media. And it did talk about if your work, your life, your experiences sound like bragging to the people in your circle, then you need a new circle. Mm. All right. Okay. <laughs> so you need okay. people for whom that's their experience too, or they have equal or, you know, more interesting experiences to share back. And so this all just seems like our regular life because for us, it was just our life. That's why I also tell people, I don't like to think of this podcast as a podcast about celebrities. I like to think of it as a podcast about us and what we were doing and, you know, kind of our experiences and some of the things we've overcome or created or were able to see. Oh, and by the way, it just happened to be that I did that and Madonna was there too, right? Mm -hmm. So that's our approach um, and I hope people receive it that way as well. Okay, so great. Well, thank you all for joining us for another episode of The Soul Chronicles. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Soul Chronicles. Um, And definitely let us know, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think about this episode and if you've checked out any of our other exciting episodes, we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, take care. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Soul Chronicles, the podcast navigating life and times in the sneaker industry, Hollywood, and corporate America. Be sure to join us for another exciting episode.